belly and the fish. Belly, belly and the fish. Welcome, friends, to Belly and the Fish. I'm your host, Corbin, aka the fish, and we got big old Ben Belly Smokes Hunter. What's going on, Corby? How was the weekend? Just went over to my mom's and had a nice bourbon tasting party. Flew back home in time to watch the Lions dub. How about you? A lot of World Cup, a lot of a lot of time to myself. Uh, roommate and girlfriend are both gone, so just uh, doing some soul searching, just placing insane amounts of wagers on all the sports you can think of on Saturday, and then proceeding to blackout on a, a mimosa Sunday morning after the World Cup. It was a good weekend. So it's like Home Alone 4, but just absolute debauchery. Only nobody's coming to get me. If anything, they should stay away. It's a, <laughs> probably the opposite. Might be alone for quite some time there, Bill. It's just called self-quarantine, and I'm not even sick. <laughs> <laughs> and our guest today is going to be Joe Gondek. Welcome, Joe. How are we doing? Good, fellas. Thanks for having me aboard. Appreciate it. You know, I uh, like when when you first set me up for like Jets Week, I was, you know, Ben knows I'm uh, like as staunch a lion hater as there is. <laughs> and I was really expecting to just talk mad shit about uh the jets this week when we scheduled it out a couple months ago and uh here we are uh never mind do you (laughs) do you have a a a, uh a microphone that's like you're a diva singing a song like does it have a (laughs) handle and everything because i had to move to the laptop setup so yeah now (laughs) i am i am you know i'm doing the american idol bit now it just looks like it's news reporter joe coming with some breaking news (laughs) (laughs) finger on the ear well that's one way to do it no it'll be fine whatever works yeah but glad we can have you on so you were looking to talk some shit about the lions huh not a lot of content for you yeah yeah really uh left my bag empty there uh i was (laughs) i you know i really thought that that's the way things were headed because back when we scheduled this it was you know the blue boys were one and six and you know (laughs) jets jets were on the up and up i thought i thought zach wilson might put it together but uh um shows uh what an idiot you brought on your pot (laughs) (laughs) so you guys were prepared to just ambush me today huh I mean, it was never an ambush plan. It was just through years and years of just a rhythmic cycle of always happening. And then all of a sudden, this team just broke out of its shell. I don't even know if I'm happy or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was waiting in the bushes for sure. I thought, uh, man, I thought it was going to be Groundhog Day, but holy shit, man. The narrative has been cast aside. We are the same old Lions no more. This is a new team. It's a new era. And holy shit, it feels good. (laughs) <laughs> it, I don't even it's like I'm living in a fairy tale, honestly, like I'm just waiting for everything to fall apart and crumble before my eyes. But week in and week out, we just keep putting up wins and I just do not understand it. This is new territory for me. I don't even know how to act as a fan anymore. I don't even know where to start with this because I actually went back through after the Lions did get the win over the Jets. And I re-listened to my bi-week synopsis of how I thought the rest of the schedule was going to go. And I actually picked the Giants game as a loss and I picked the Jets game as a loss. So everything right after that, I've gotten correct. Cowboys, Dolphins, Bills lost, the rest wins. And I have the Panthers, Packers, and Bears all as a win at the end of the season. So I'm not doing too bad on that midseason prediction. They just keep winning games. They keep pulling it out. Um, it's it's I'm I, color me shocked. 
and and like legit games man like jets on the road that's like they're a team man and they were like and that that was like a, a must win game for them too that wasn't like a like like there have been years where lions win like these like you know sort of like these like goofy like late season games where with like against like disinterested teams but that was like a nah man that was like a a legit in bold w and then their schedule the rest of the way, as you were saying, Corb, it's just not that skilled. It's it's very doable to win these last three games and get a playoff berth. But like I said, whenever good things happen, the ball is going to drop eventually, and that's what scares me. And we'll get into the Panthers game in a little bit. But, I mean, if you look at that schedule, you would think, oh, yeah, the Lions are going to win out. But that's just kind of a – it's like a trap game in a way, you know? Like, the Panthers are frisky. So, I mean, we'll save it for a little bit later. But... Frisky Panthers, man. They are. It's just a battle of some cats. Yeah. It's going to be a rumble in the jungle. But let's jump into the Jets-Lions game. Line opened at Lions plus one. So, one-point underdogs. It was kind of moving about. I think we got up to two and a half at one point. But eventually, the Lions finished at uh, one-point favorites. And they beat the Jets – in New Jersey, 20 to 17. It was just a gritty win all around. And we'll start with Jared Goff, just talking about him. He was 23 for 38 passing for 252 yards and a touchdown. No turnovers, no sacks. And this was the second most passing yards allowed by the Jets defense this entire season. It was just a tough matchup. And that secondary was absolutely no joke. I mean, Goff had all the time in the world to make those throws. And you just saw him throw a lot away because the coverage was just that good. There wasn't really anything that he could do against them. I mean, DJ Reed and sauce Gardner, they are the real deal just to be able to put up two fifty-two and a touchdown is impressive because all things considered, he had a pretty clean game, but he was standing strong in the pocket, made some guys miss scrambling. And, you know, he was smart with the ball. He knew when to throw it away and just kind of lose the down. And as opposed to forcing something, but yeah, the secondary was so good that Jared Goff really didn't have anywhere to go with the ball. And he was making some tight window throws. And like I said, that's all you can really do. The one mistake that I noticed was that underthrow to JMO on that deep ball. J-Mo. That would have been a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, he he's looking electric, man. I mean, he had DJ Reed beat by probably like four or five steps. There was nobody around, had him totally beat. And everyone's <laughs> going to say that Jared Goff just doesn't have the arm to get it to him. And that's why we need another quarterback. But they're still getting in sync. Eventually he's going to have the timing down and those are going to be touchdowns. Dude, the glass cannon, man, he's on the field for like two plays a game and, and, and all the plays he's on the field, he's open in the end zone. Just yep. love the guy. <laughs> yep. Only 13 snaps and he almost had another one. Those are going to fall eventually. And they're going to get a little bit better rapport as we keep going. Now, I think it was the exact same amount of snaps as he had last week. So, I mean, we've got a good thing going. You know, we'll ease him into it. We don't want to, you know, overdo it or anything and wear him out or, you know, God forbid he gets hurt again. So I expect to see a little bit more of him in these next few weeks. I mean, we're pushing for this playoff spot and just having that weapon available to us. I mean, the sky is the limit with that guy. I mean, he could legitimately be a Tyreek Hill just taking the top off defenses. I don't want to put the cart before the horse here, but I've been impressed. When they took him, I thought it was just kind of a can kick, just waiting for him to be healthy, give him the whole year off, and then we'll go from there. But, man, I didn't think he'd come into play this season, and I was saying all season we shouldn't play him unless we're in a playoff run, and look what's happening. Yep. 
Yeah, I mean, like, and we'll like, I'm sure get into it like later, but like, like, that's the missing piece, man. Like, if you're talking about like making a deep run, like having like a consistent dude that can can get deep and get behind the D to, to open things up, like, that's the man. I just think and it's hilarious. We were like kind of tanking at the deadline, and now you just trade away Hawk, and now you're competing. It's like an upside down fucking dynasty fantasy team. Yeah, I mean, it's like we're in Stranger Things. It is the upside down because I don't know what is happening. The Lions are just getting it done, and the future looks so bright. I mean, I don't know how you can feel pessimistic about this team. Dan Campbell has just flipped the script, and this is a whole nother team. Jared Goff just continues to get it done. Week after week with these wins, he's just been impressive. So, like I said, I'm waiting for the ball to drop. I really hope it doesn't, but again, I knew that this season was just about building something and we've absolutely done that i don't care if we went out and we still miss out on the playoffs i don't care if we make it to the wild card and we get bounced in the first round 2023 is going to be our year and i am so pumped and ready for it all right moving on to the running backs i don't know what's happened lately it seems like our running game was one of our best assets but lately these past few games it's really taken a step back and it, i i just hate how We'll run it on first down. We'll get one or two yards, and then we'll just run it again just to get another one or two yards, and we'll be third and six. I think that Goff has proven that he can get it done and move the sticks. Amon Ross St. Brown's always open. We got plenty of threats, whether it's our tight end grip or one of our receivers or hitting one of the running backs out of the backfield. He can get it done, so I think that'll help us avoid some of these third down situations, just converting on second. But at the same time, it might not be working, but – it's been freeing up the play action and we've been winning games using this method. So it makes me hesitate to want to change things. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But talking about Jamal specifically, he's kind of taken a little bit of a step back, you know, not quite as sharp as he was at the beginning of the season. There was that one fourth down play when we were out of the goal line, our very first drive and you see the tight end pulling and he kind of bounces outside. But if he stayed inside and ran off that tight end, he would have trucked one guy for the touchdown. So I didn't think that was his best look. And Swift, I thought he was, you know, somewhat improved this game, but I can't really put my finger on it, but he's still missing something that we saw in week one. And I know he's not going to have a 50-yard run every single game, but you expect him to break some free at least, you know. And he was pretty efficient. I think he had, you know, averaged six-something yards a carry this game, but you want to see him a little bit more involved. Five catches, so good number there, but... You know, he's just not there a hundred percent. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I, I I I agree. I mean, like it's it's tough when you see like especially in like a, a game like that. Um, and it's it's hard to hold him you know, to account too much just because I mean we talk about like the Jets are like legit D, but I, I really think it's you know, the the field is so short for them right now when when you got and we'll get to it more in like the receivers, but like, you know, when you got a guy like Chark, you know really not show up and not stretch in the field. It just makes it so hard to spring those guys loose at all in the running game. I don't want to, you know, pin it totally on them. I mean, for sure. Like, I think you're starting to see like, you know, the legs start to deaden a bit for Jamal and yeah, like Swift, like you said, but hopefully JMO and and these guys start to open things up a little bit to get those lanes a bit like bit unclogged. I don't know what you think, Ben. I'm not sure the running back position in general in the uh, NFL just seems to be so short lived. And I feel like if you're not living up to expectation, they just draft a replacement and then it just takes one little injury to get uh, kind of taken over by them. 
So I don't know if uh, Swift can return to that week one form or not, but you never know. They could draft another running back in the next one. So he's just got to get this stuff going and figure it out to become an essential piece of the team. Well, I thought that there was a couple of plays that got called back on penalties that were a little bit questionable. I know Evan Brown had a couple, two back-to-back on a series, I believe, that I didn't really like that call. I thought that he did a good job blocking, and those got called back. Those would have been some big runs, so I understand that. And I can't really pin it on the offensive line either because in pass protection, they're so solid. And Ben Johnson has been you know, pulling tight ends, guards, tackles, and he gets so creative with it that it's just hard to – you know, I wouldn't admit that it's on our offensive line by any means, but for whatever reason, we're not getting that production that we used to. I don't think that we've regressed through the year. And Quinn and Williams, their best defensive tackle was out this game. So I threw Swift in my fantasy line and being like, damn, this is going to be his game. He's going to bounce back. But I know the Jets defense is good. So that's a little bit of an anomaly from what we'll be facing throughout the rest of the season. Don't get me wrong. There's a ton of good defenses out in the NFL, but the Jets are you know, one of the best, if not the best, when healthy. But, so. but still on a per-touch basis, he had six and a half yards of carry, so it's like hard to fault the guy. I think we're just expecting quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I do have a high expectations for him, but you want to see him bust off those 15 carry 100-yard games, five catches for 50 yards, you know, going over 100 yards all-purpose, and we haven't really had that lately, but maybe we're just saving him for when we really need him. We've been able to get it done multiple different ways there's more than one way to skin a cat and the lions have found a way to win whether the the running game is thriving or you know it's just enough to get it done and loosen up the defense i'm okay with it so yeah and and you're right corbin though i mean like like jamal like i think you're starting to see that toll like it's going to be like for them to continue on this run and like deep into the playoffs like all right like you know swift's been on the shelf for like half the season now like you got to start to take the lead man and you're gonna have to start to take those yeah 15 carry games to because i mean jamal like i mean he's been a stud but i mean he is an older guy you know yeah no i agree but enough about the running backs let's talk a little wide receivers and we'll lump some uh some tight end action in there as well we'll start with our main guy amon ross st brown He finished with seven catches for 76 yards and they did a pretty damn good job defending him. You know, he wasn't able to break free or, you know, score a touchdown or anything. And that's something that we've come to expect almost on a a game to game basis out of him. But the real star of the show in that wide receiver core was uh, Khalif Raymond, second best receiver in the room. He had five catches. And of course he had that punt return touchdown. I'll touch base on him a little bit later. It's a little foreshadowing for what's to come. DJ Chark and Josh Reynolds were pretty much invisible out there. Josh Reynolds didn't catch a pass. I think Chark had one for 15, 18 yards, something along those lines. But again, that's just a credit to their secondary. They were legit. Goff had all the time in the world and he just couldn't find anybody. So we're going to have that every now and then. And when we have so many different weapons to go to, there's only so many touches that can go around. But wanted to touch on uh, Brock, the price is right real quick did you give him that nickname <laughs> i'm sure that somebody else gave it to him but it was a an original thought by me i will promise you that <laughs> he had the game-winning touchdown a 51 yarder ben he didn't have that one one and one like you also treasure but i'll take the 51 yarder any day over that and dj reed the jets starting corner he was giving props to ben johnson on that play call because 
normally somebody like a Josh Reynolds would pretend to block and then pop out as a receiver. So he was expecting something like that. But there goes Brock Wright right across the field to no man's land and just streaks down for 51 yards to seal the deal. It was beautiful. Ben Johnson, I try not to give him the credit because I don't really want to see him go. He has done a phenomenal job just scheming that and getting the respect from defenses, coaches, and then NFL experts on a weekly basis. I mean, he's just an up-and-coming star. And his game plan, I mean, it's something that nobody else can do. He's just so creative with it, whether it's his pulls, putting Penny Sewell out there, Brock Wright is just quiet all game. And then when the game is on the line on fourth down, who does he go to? The guy that you least suspect. So credit to him and to Brock Wright for making the play. It was a thing of beauty. It got me so pumped up. You know me. I love efficiency out of those Lions tight ends. (laughs) (laughs) That's about as efficient as it comes right there, Belly. It's no one for one, uh, but I'll take 51 and a tutty. We'll talk on the Lions defense a little bit here. The defensive line was the star of the show. We had four sacks on the game, and our pass rush was just incredible. Romeo Aquara's back, two sacks, James Houston with another, and John Kaminsky had one on that final drive to seal the deal. And Aiden Hutchinson, he was a beast defending the run. I saw a stat today that Aiden Hutchinson and Aleem McNeil led the defense in terms of the PFF grade. And since week 11, Aiden Hutchinson has had an 89 and a half grade, which is fourth out of all edge players in the entire NFL. He has really taken another step these last few weeks and the rookie's coming into his own. What can I say, man? It's beautiful. He, he, he looks, he looks so different from like early on in the year. It was like, I mean, like for him, like, especially when it comes to the running game, like, like he, he was shedding blocks and he was doing such a good good job of setting that edge like the other day i mean it's like it's night and day seeing how far he's come from like at you know a one move guy early in the season like i was watching like when you'd watch him early in the year you you start to wonder but i mean seeing how far he's come along it's been insane and defending the run especially that's what you've kind of waited for him to come out of his shell a little bit. And that was just a statement game in terms of that. He's just well-rounded. He can do it all. He's just looking like a beast, man. And I just hope he keeps on going. He's going to be a staple for this team for a long time. Moving on. We'll talk some linebackers here. We got Alex Anzalone, the unsung hero. He just continues to stack these impressive games one after the next. He had a TFL today and a quarterback hit. You haven't really seen him miss a lot of tackles, that's something that I'm kind of used to seeing out of him, but I think he's cleaned it up a lot. He's a guy you always want to have on the field. And you know, that second linebacker spot, we've had a little bit of a mix of some different guys in there ever since Malcolm went out with that elbow injury. He hasn't been able to shoulder as much of the workload as we're accustomed to. He was only on the field for 57% of snaps. And we had uh Chris board in there, Jared Davis and uh, Anthony Pittman for a couple of snaps. So they were getting some reps and, I don't know if it's still his elbow that's really acting up or if they just want to cycle some more guys in because he is more of a run defender. That's probably what I'm assuming. But, I mean, we're doing fine. I thought linebacker play has been great. We've been making tackles, defending the run. We weren't getting super exposed over the middle this game. It was more on our secondary, which is why Zach Wilson just went the fuck off on us. So I'm pretty sure that uh, ever since Tyler talked all that smack about Anzalone, that he has just been playing really well. So Tyler might have (laughs) spoke that into existence. Yep, on an (laughs) all-pro level, basically. Thank you, Tyler. (laughs) Jared Davis, man, just 
thriller this guy like back from the dead you just can't kill jared davis like he's He's back he's still getting snaps man yeah geez it's it's so weird talking about the lions like this man i don't know (laughs) (laughs) actually doing well i know it boggles my mind but before we move on to the game ball and the burning bags of dog shit i just wanted to give a shout out to dan campbell and I really think that if the Lions make the playoffs, that Dan Campbell should undoubtedly be the coach of the year. I mean, what he has done is absolutely incredible. And it's not just this, you know, turnaround in the second half of the season. It's the different ways that the Lions have found to win a game. I mean, they've blown teams out. They win a defensive slugfest like this one in the Jets. We're getting it done on offense, defense, special teams. There's so many different ways that we've found to win these past seven weeks. And like I said, it's like living in la la land. Like I don't, I can't even believe that this is my life. Like, I feel like somebody needs to slap me so I can wake up because I, I don't even know what to say at this point. They are stunning me. I could not have imagined this in my wildest dreams. I know I was optimistic going into the season. We are actually doing it. We are actually getting from some respect through the, for the rest of the nation. Good times. I, I I just can't believe like I you know as I'll I'll go ahead and like eat crow like I thought it was like gonna be same old bit like you know a couple of months ago of just like you know we're gonna burn through another coach and he's gonna be gone like I really don't see like you know playoffs or no like I don't see how anyone else is coach of the year man like I mean they're like with what what he's doing with like where that this team was at like I I don't like who else you to say like Salah like he just beat him like you know I don't see who else it could be. I had this argument with someone else before this win, which now the case is becoming even better. I I looked up this award and no team has ever won it with like more than four losses. And if the Eagles end up only having one loss on the season, how do you justify giving coach of the year to a guy that's got six more losses than you? Fuck you, Ben. Because he is a better talent. How is that? How is that not a good point? What do you mean? Just because you want the Lions to have it doesn't mean it's not a good point. Because Uh, of the turnaround that this team has had. Well, what about a team that never had to turn around? (laughs) I was gonna say, I was gonna say because of Dan Campbell's big, heavy swing and nuts, but. Sirianni's got a pair of his own, so I don't know. Yeah, Sirianni is the odds-on favorite, but Dan Campbell is plus 700 to win Coach of the Year as of 2.34 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, December 19th, (laughs) and I have my bet right there to show you that it's in. Oh, so you didn't believe (laughs) all year? It's only $1.78, but that's all I had left in the balance. So threw $1.78 on it to win what, 8 bucks. That's all I had left, man. Don't be okay. unit sorry. Shaming. No unit shaming. No unit shaming. Fourteen dollars and twenty four cents. Uh-huh. I stand to win. So shut up. All right, let's talk some game balls and some burning bags of dog shit. Joe, how about you kick it off? Oh man, game ball. All right. Well, uh, I guess I'll take my turn uh, giving the BJ to BJ. Uh, like he, like I don't know, man. Like seeing him, like. I was I wasn't a believer at first, but like his play calling's up there with anybody in the league right now. Like he's he's always on top of like matchups and personnel, and like and like you said it like earlier, like like he's just 
staging all of his looks perfectly in advance like like the pen a look like last week or like this week with like you know the what the game-winning touchdown to like brock right it's like it's like he's setting up these looks and like getting these people like wide open like he and he's like and he's towing the line too on like the, the dan campbell philosophy where it's like like no like he's like like buying into his guys and he's like standing by his guys like Brock Wright had like a pretty brutal drop earlier and he just went right back to him like he set up the look and just like now we're going right back to him like he's like it's the dynamic between him and Campbell is is like everything that Dan Campbell needed where it's like look like he's not an X's and O's guy like just like let him run the program Mm -hmm. like and he's and it's it's perfect it's like he's like he's like the Wozniak to like Campbell's jobs you know it's like he's yeah. he's doing it perfect like that's like that's the game ball for me for sure yep that's a good metaphor I like that a lot I've always said that Dan Campbell's kind of the rah-rah guy the motivator the leader of men and he has good coordinators in place to help implement the X's and O's because he never has been a coordinator there's nothing wrong with that at all I mean we're getting it done this way I don't think mm-hmm. that Ben Johnson is going to get a head coaching gig at this point, I mean, we'll see how he does the rest of the season, but I think he'll definitely have some interviews, probably come back for a year. If he does it again, he's probably gone after 2023. So we got to enjoy the ride while we still can. Dude, but that's one of the good problems. Like when have there ever been like Lions coordinators that have been like hot, like head coach yeah, targets? Yeah. Like, hot commodities. like, like, get like them while they're hot. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> We got to get that coordinator over on the Lions. You see the Lions? <laughs> you see that OC for Detroit? Not bad. <laughs> How about you, Belly? Who's getting your game ball? Oh, uh, you know me, the tight end of efficiency, Brock Wright, one reception, 51 yards. We covered a lot of this earlier. Um, you know, I just love it. A guy that can just take what he can get and execute it fully. So we're going with Brock. The price is right. Yep, Corbin I figured, name. I figured that was going to be your route. <laughs> My game ball is going to Khalif Raymond. He has always just been a solid, steady guy, good on moving the chains on third down when you really need him. Never really takes the top off too often, but he's just been an unsung hero this entire season. And the past few weeks, I've noticed that he is really starting to turn into an elite punt returner. He's always taken them for, you know, 15, 20 yards, like once a game the past couple of weeks. And I knew he was due to bring one to the house, and he absolutely did. That's the main reason, but you know, five catches for 53 yards against that Jets team when no other receiver other than Amon Ross St. Brown was able to do really anything. Props to him. He just is one of those gritty guys. Dan Campbell gave him the game ball as well in real life. So I thought it was fitting this week and he needs some respect put on his name. All right, let's talk some burning bags of dog shit. I like to be optimistic, but we'll talk some of the negatives here. Who's getting your burning bag, Joe? Uh, you know, burning may be a bit strong. It's more of like a smolder. Like it's just, you know, it's a, a smoldering bag, but I, I give it to DJ Chark. Like, you know, he's, he's in on a prove it deal. Like he's, he's not a, a key piece, so I'm not going to, you know, be too, too hard on him. But like, but when you talk about making a run and 
having this team be a playoff team, there's going to need to be someone to to take the top off, right? Like, you know, Raymond, like you said, like he's good, but like, you know, he's going to work the mid, he's going to work like the short game. Like, you know, Amon Ra, like same deal. He's going to, he's going to eat from the slot, but you know, he's not going to blow the top off and whether it's Chark or if, you know, like if JMO gets his snap count up, there's going to need to be someone to, to stretch the field and open it up a little bit more to, to open it up for the running game and open it up for Amon Ra because because even like Amon Ra is getting restricted I think a little bit by by the phone booth the teams can play in if if Chark isn't taking the top off so you know it's more of a smoldering bag but you know Chark's going to be the one for me yeah especially when you see him make these steps the past two weeks and then he comes back down to earth a little bit I just think it's going to be Khalif Raymond. DJ Chark or Josh Reynolds game any given Sunday. It's just, it's going to be one of them, but we haven't seen all three of them be able to produce on their own. So Ben, who's getting your burning bag of dog shit. I'm interested. It's not going to a line. It's going to Greg, the goddamn leg. Greg the leg. Missing the fucking game tying field goal. Um, Yeah. I got no words. Can he get his, can he get his leg stripped? Like the, the title, Greg, the leg. He should just be Greg, the ankle. (laughs) Yeah, he was looking like a fucking amputee because that was a terrible kick. It was so bad. I I really was not too scared when that happened either. Like, normally, like, I just had, like, a quick flashback of Justin Tucker last year against the Lions, but (laughs) I really didn't think that there was a chance he would make it, and, you know, that was just an embarrassing miss. It was beautiful. I mean, the Jets had a shot to tie it up, and the leg failed. It is kind of a letdown when it's like this like hugely dramatic kick and you're sitting at the edge of your seat and I'm like, I'm watching and I'm like, is he going to do it? And it is just, it is just an eat shit kick from the jump. And it's like, ah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all right. Wasn't, wasn't even close. I was just like, Ooh, as soon when as it gets up in the, the air and you're, and you're like biting your tongue, you're like, Ooh, go left, go right. But it was so bad, dude. It was like, it was like a deflating balloon. <laughs> We'll talk my burning bag of dog shit, and it's the position group that I skipped over, and it goes to the Detroit Lions secondary because nobody had a good game, whether it was our corners, our safeties. We just got exposed on those deep balls, and it was to Zach fucking Wilson. You know, if Josh Allen does that or Aaron Rodgers does that, you know, I could understand, but this is Zach Wilson, the guy who got benched, what, three weeks ago? The only reason he's playing this game is because Mike White is out with the injury. So he had seven passes for over 20 yards on a seven. And he also converted a third and 19 and a fourth and 19 on the Jets final drive to give them the opportunity to kick that field goal. I mean, it's just inexcusable. And we've seen that before earlier in the season. And it was just a letdown. You know, Kirby Joseph totally blew the coverage on that CJ Uzama touchdown. Even Okuda was getting beat. And it was by Jeff Smith. Like, who the fuck is that? I had never even heard of that guy <laughs> until this game. And Jeff Smith is beating Jeff Okuda. How? Uh, I, th- I think I like uh, Jeff's, Jeff, who the fuck is that Smith as the uh, the nickname of the pod so far today. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, I've never heard of Jeff Smith and I know the league pretty deeply through just playing dynasty fantasy football. (laughs) I've never heard of this guy once. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, man. And he was torching us. We had no answer for Garrett Wilson either. And Jerry Jacobs did have that one interception, but he got beat a couple of times. There was a couple of plays where I thought that we could have picked off Zach Wilson, you know, at least once or twice more. The Michael Carter catch on third down comes to mind on that last drive. And then 
Deshaun Elliott left the game with a dislocated shoulder. So we really don't have a whole lot of info on when he'll be back. He might be missing the rest of the season. So we've got a Fatu Melifonwu and CJ Moore to step up and fill his shoes. Great. Yeah, I That's mean, promising. I mean, Jeff, Jeff, or I mean, uh, Zach, not, not Jeff Smith, uh, Smith Zach Wilson, <laughs> Jeff Smith. Who the fuck is that? Uh, uh, <laughs> like Zach, Zach Wilson did play better, but I mean, if it were anybody but Zach Wilson, like you said, there were some, there were some blown coverages there that. He they could have gotten burned a whole lot worse than they did. Enough about the Jets game. It's a win. Our toughest matchups are behind us, but we still got a win out. Might not even be enough to guarantee a playoff spot. I think we have like a 45% chance with one loss, and I think it's 95% if we win out. So <laughs> the odds are in our favor if we win out. If we lose another game here, it becomes a coin toss basically at that point. So. We've got the Panthers, Bears, and Packers to finish up the schedule. We'll take it one week at a time. We'll talk next week. Christmas Eve, ho, ho, ho. Lions go to Carolina <laughs> to take on the Panthers at 1 p.m. Panthers are sitting at a nice 5-9 and nine record. Lions are three-point favorites. Over-under is set at 44.5 points. And last week, the Panthers got their tails kicked to the Steelers with no Kenny Pickett, 24-16 to 16 at home. So that's pretty nice to see that just coming into this week. But last time we played the Panthers, it was an atrocious 20 to zero loss. And Ben, do you know who the quarterback was for that game against the Panthers? Cam Newton. No, it was PJ fucking Walker. Oh, dude. Joe, Joe knows all about PJ Walker. <laughs> PJ MVP. <laughs> XFL stud, man. We'll have a little something for him. Come well, Saturday, I guess it is, actually. Shit, I thought it was Sunday. No, it's a Saturday game, Christmas Eve. But we'll hop in, talking about the Panthers a little bit, what they've done as of late. They've kind of been rolling with Sam Darnold, and I know it's not saying much, you know, not necessarily translating into wins every time, but it's been a revolving door in the quarterback room all year. They started with Baker Mayfield, and they had P.J. Walker, and now Sam Darnold has been stepping up. So he's undefeated against the Detroit Lions. When I talked about the history, the last time we played the Jets in 2018 was his debut with New York, and he beat us 40-something to seven or something ridiculous. We just got trounced, so... He's 1-0 against the Lions, looking to improve that record. Uh, he hasn't been really winning them games, I wouldn't say, but he's been clean with the ball. No turnovers as a starter so far this year, So, but he's putting up you know, less than 200 yards and a touchdown a game. But keeping it clean, something that Goff's done, he's just done it you know, way better than him. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that in 2022 we're taught comparing Sam Darnold to Jared Goff? <laughs> They're not on the Hell same yeah. level. Jared Goff's entering that elite territory. Oh, my God. You're delusional. That's a troll. <laughs> but he is above average. You can't deny that. That's my truthful statement. He is well above average. The story Bro. out of Carolina this year has been the Christian McCaffrey trade to the 49ers. Panthers were not in a good place back when Matt Rule got fired. But Steve Wilkes has been filling in as interim head coach, and the boys have been playing for him. The Carolina Steve Wilkos show, man. That's no joke. No, not at all. Chuba Hubbard and Donta Foreman have kind of been splitting those touches, and they've done a, a pretty decent job, to be honest, ever since Christian McCaffrey left to San Francisco. One of the bigger threats, I'd say, on their offense is DJ Moore, but he's really hot and cold. It just depends on the week. 
but he's going to be their main threat in the passing game. We'll see if Jeff Okuda can put the clamps on him. Defensively, I think that's kind of the best part of their game. They've got some studs on that side of the ball. Brian Burns on the edge. Derek Brown is, you know, third or fourth year defensive tackle. He was kind of on the trade block earlier this year. He's sticking around. Shaq Thompson's a great linebacker. Jeremy Chin had that one game, I think, a couple of years ago. We had those two back-to-back defensive touchdowns. They got some dogs out there, and could be a rough Saturday for the Lions, just depending on how they do. I think this could be a letdown game. Just with the three games left, this looks like, on paper, it could be the easiest one we have, but it's on the road. It's a frisky Panthers team. You don't know what you're going to get with them. We got to be ready to play. Steve Wilkos and these frisky Panthers, man. (laughs) Watch out. I'm selling you. Oh, the frisky Panthers. Yeah, I mean, on paper, this just kind of looks like a trap game, but what the hell do I know? I've been wrong the last like four weeks in a row. Yeah, I mean, I, I that's that's my thought. Is it looks like a trap game, but like every game has looked like a trap game lately, and they just keep winning them. So yeah, I'm not hopping off the Lions train just yet. I think that this one's going to be a win, but I'm just saying it's a letdown game, and we've got to be ready to go. And Dan Campbell is a leader of men. They'll motivate them and they'll be ready to play. I don't think that there's just going to be slacking off. This team knows that we need to win out in order to make the playoffs. So they're going to bring their A game every single week from here on out. And I think the best way to do that is to really contain the run game and have Sam Darnold put the offense on his back to beat us. The run game is the one thing that's been pretty consistent and steady for them. And Sam Darnold is not going to throw three touchdowns. The way our offense is playing, I don't think we're going to have a problem outscoring them. And the best thing that we can do is to take care of the ball. And I know we've been great with it as of lately, but if we turn the ball over a couple of times, then that could spell disaster for us. Even if it's just a couple points, I think the game plan needs to be pretty similar to how we had it for the Jets this week. Just preventing turnovers, just slow and steady football. Don't take too many risks, but take your shots when you can. I don't think that the Panthers are going to be able to keep up with our offense. Our defense has improved so much. This is a game that we should absolutely win. We just got to stay true to ourselves and what this team has been doing, and we'll get it done. Let's predict some scores here, boys. What do you think, Ben? Pulling it out of my ass. Panthers win 23-20. to You're wrong. (laughs) Why? Justify. Uh, Sam Darnold's angry, and he hates lions. They were his least favorite animal growing up. I, you know, at the risk of uh, um, getting jumped on. Yeah, I don't know. I fall in with the Ben camp. I, like, it just it just smells like such a trap game. And I mean, it's it's been an awesome ride. And I mean, like, maybe like maybe this is some old Lions bullshit that I'm fa- falling into. But going on the road again, like back to back weeks, like the Panthers have been playing pretty decent ball. And I mean, you have to figure losing to Mitch Trubisky. They're pros too. They're probably pretty pissed off about that. Like, yeah, yeah. Think you think they're probably going to show up for this one? You guys <laughs> both believe that the Lions are actually going to lose this game, for real? I, uh, I, I do think. Like, honestly, like, I think this is a this is a trap, and I do think that that this is going to be a tough one. I mean, if they win it, like, this is another. I do think the Panthers haven't been doing well, but it has looked a lot different since since Wilkes has taken over. I mean, we'll. We'll see. Maybe I'm just maybe I'm suckered into the same old Lions thing, but I think this is it. I think this is a Panthers game. I think that they they show up at home and it's going to be hard to win back to back weeks on the road. 
Yeah, you got good points. And I agree that it could be a letdown game, but the way the style that this team has played lately, we have found so many different ways to just walk out of there with a win. Whether it's our defense, offense, special teams, we can do it so many different ways. And I just don't think that the team is going to see it like a cakewalk. You know, we are not in any position to be like, oh, this is the worst team in the NFL. This is going to be an easy win. Like, let's just take it easy this week. No, we know that we have to fight and claw for everything that we're given every single Sunday and Saturday in this case. And that is why I have the Lions winning handedly 31 to 20. I think their defense is good, but I think that offense can put up at least 10 more points than that. what we mustered up against the Jets. And our defense has stepped up. I don't see Sam Darnold throwing for more than two touchdowns. It's really tough for me to accept that the Lions are going to walk away with anything but a win in this game. I know that I'm biased, but at the same time, this is a new team. This is a new Lions. This second half of the season has been a miracle. And it's not going to be burnt out by the the Carolina Panthers. I'd rather give that to the Chicago Bears or the Green Bay Packers in the coming weeks. I don't think the Panthers is going to be the team that's really going to put us out of this. I'm going to I'm going to come back to Michigan for Christmas and I'm just going to bring the curse man. I just feel it. <laughs> I I will say I will say relative to the the Bears and Pat, like I do think this is like the toughest game left on the slate. I mean, I know going to Lambeau is always tough, but I really don't think much of the Bears and I think it by by the end of the year I think that the Packers are going to be cooked. I don't buy into them much at all this year i do think like if they were to pull this i mean i know i have them winning 20 the panthers winning 24 20 but if the lions pull this one out and they go home and they face the bears i run the table seems a whole lot more likely we just got to keep on knocking down foe after foe until we reach the promised land that is the wild card matchup A lot to look forward to this week. It's going to be a hell of a Christmas Eve for me. It'll make or break my Christmas. So Lions, please win for me. I need it. Corbin, you would literally have Christmas ruined if they lost, wouldn't you? It definitely wouldn't be as sweet. I know you'd be in a damper mood. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. but Therefore, make Corbin sad. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on here. Getting into betting with the belly. Yep, another good lineup here for you. Um, going over the records from last week, Corbin was 3-0-1. He just pushed the under, so that's pretty much perfect. Um, I, myself, went 3-1. and My Titans overtrain came to a halt as they just, I don't know what's going on anymore. Titans suck. Lions are awesome. This whole world is getting turned upside down. And then as for our guest, James, a respectable 3-1, and and Steve, 1-3. and I wouldn't listen to our guest picks. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to our picks for this week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with our guest, Joe. What's your favorite for the week, Joe? Favorite? I got to take Dolphins at home. Same reason they're at home against the Packers. Coming off, they got a long week. They played on Thursday against the Chargers. I really don't rate the Packers much at all this year. I don't think they're going to be able to stop the run on the Dolphins at all. Their run defense hasn't been much of anything. And the Dolphins, that's that's the thing. I mean, if if they get the running game going and they they start opening things up with Waddle and Tyreek, I mean, I, I think it's a smash for, for the Dolphins at home against the Packers. I do like that one. Corbin, go ahead. Get it out of your system. What's your favorite? How can I get off the train bell when it's not stopping? You're going to jump off a train moving 100 miles an hour. You're going to die. And that's why I will ride it out until it comes to a nice safe halt. 
That is Lions <laughs> minus three going to Carolina. We're going to whoop that ass. The battle of the big cats. We are the king of the jungle. <laughs> you, uh, you never cease to amaze me, my friend. <laughs> we already covered that, so I got no comment there. Uh, my favorite's going to be the Vikings. They just had a great comeback, and they only snuck out with a three-point victory and not covering. Therefore, I think they're going to turn it around because Vegas kid doesn't have a team down for long. So we're going to go with the, the Vikings minus three and a half versus the Giants. Now we're moving on to the Doge. <laughs> Joe, who's your puppy? My puppy. Uh, God, this feels gross. But um, Cowboys are getting six at home against the Eagles. I mean, I since we hopped on, I mean, the, the Hurts news is coming out, and maybe that line's moving a bit. But, like, Cowboys getting six at home against – and, I mean, the, the Eagles have looked vulnerable the last couple of weeks. And I know I know that Cowboys have two, hence the line. But, but – getting six points at home against an Eagles team that's that's looked vulnerable and I mean that that defense is still strong I'm taking the Cowboys at home does that mean the shoe might be starting the mustache of terror (laughs) it might be man oh man I think I'd have to bet with the mustache but I respect the pick Corbin what about (laughs) you bud my dog this week is going to the Houston Texans going to the Tennessee Titans home in Nashville Tennessee They are plus seven. It's just basic economics at this point. Texan stonk is going up. Titan stonk is going down. Texans have played the Cowboys and the Chiefs tough the past couple weeks, almost squeaked out wins against both of them. And the Titans have just looked like trash. It's time for them to come down to earth. Seven points. I mean, I guess Vegas is wising up a little bit because they set them at like plus 14 the past two weeks and they've covered both weeks. So I'm going to hit on this one. Texans plus seven. I mean, the Titans have just looked just atrocious over the past couple of weeks, but I could totally see this game being where Titans just like blow them out or the Titans or the Texans blow them out. I don't know. Titans stink. Love the pick. Um, <laughs> For me, I'm going to go with the Raiders plus two and a half against the Steelers. I just don't see a world where Mitch Trubisky is going to win two games in a row. I'm not sure if Kenny Pickett's coming back or not. But there's no way Mitch can do it. And if the line changes, well, I suggest you change the bet if you're riding with me. We're going Raiders plus two and a half. Joe, next up is the over. What do you got, bud? Uh, over. All right. Well, geez, I guess we'll we'll go circle back again. We'll go Dolphins and Packers. 46 and a half is what I'm seeing for the line. Same same premise. I mean, I think I don't think that the Packers are are going down there and not scoring. I mean, you know, Aaron Jones and Christian Watson's been on fire. They're they're gonna they're gonna at least be able to close the gap a little bit. And I think that this is gonna be Dolphins bombs all day. Like Tua Tua isn't gonna have to get too out of pocket. He he can stick to his one or two reads and just bomb it to his burners all day. So 46 and a half, you know, maybe I'm Falling into the trap there, but but it's hard to see them that falling below 46 and a half. Give me the over on that one. Love it. Love the game theory. Corbin, what are you thinking for your over? Because I disagree with it. My over is going to the Saints and Browns. It's over 33 and a <laughs> half points. The lowest under of the entire season. I don't understand it. I mean, I know Deshaun Watson hasn't been the best when as a quarterback for the Browns, but Kevin Stefanski can run the ball. That's for damn sure. I mean, the Browns still can put up a, an adequate number of points. It's not like the saints are really some elite team either. And you know, Andy Dalton, like he might not be the best quarterback in the world, but he's been getting it done. 
I know that both have kind of been down a little bit, but 33 and a half just seems too low. It's not a very fun over at all, but I'm just picking the lowest number and just hoping it clears. But and in an and, even more interesting piece, it's dropped two points since you put that in. So it's actually <laughs> over under 31 and a half now. Jesus. <laughs> what begging. is up with that? Is there something that I don't know? Like get both I mean, of the quarterbacks just get knocked out? Like uh, the Browns versus it. the Ravens was 13 to three this week. And then the week before that, it was 23 to 10 Bengals. So it's just, it's just not a high scoring affair, but that is like absurdly low. <laughs> yeah. They are begging. Going on to my over, I uh, got a little Geno Smith versus Patty Mahomes. Um, I just think the ball is just going to be launching in that game. Just a lot of points flying all over. Patrick Mahomes showing up for the fantasy football playoffs. So give me the over 49 and a half on the Seahawks Chiefs. And to round it out, we got the under. Joseph? Under. I'll circle back. Eagles, Cowboys again. Um, that Cowboys defense is legit. Um Eagles, especially too. This is probably going to be moving over under set at 46. We'll see if it dances much if, with if it's going to be Gardner or I honestly, I honestly like this, even if it's Hertz going for this game, because um that Hertz Hertz has looked less like Superman here lately. He's gonna turn the ball over a little bit. Cowboys are gonna want to grind this game out. I don't see AJ torching digs and the other secondary for as much as he's been doing lately. I think that this one, this game slows down. I think that we hit the under there. Love it. Uh, Corbin looks like you have the same. Yep. I'm telling you there, Joe. I also like the under on the Eagles Cowboys. So when I checked this afternoon, it was at 51 and then the Jalen hurts news broke. So it's dropped to 46. So I'll change it to 46 just for simplicity's sake. But I'm kind of scared because what if Gardner Minshew just goes the fuck off? I, that's Not that's bad. what I'm scared of too. Yeah. Like I'd yeah. honestly rather see Hurts. My justification for this pick before finding out about the Jalen Hurts injury was that these are two good defenses and they're both playoff teams. This is kind of the battle for the NFC East because if the the Eagles lose another game or two, the Cowboys can jump up to that you know number one or two seed depending on tiebreakers. As scary as Gardner is, I mean, last time the, these teams played, they scored 43 points. I don't know why Vegas thinks that there's going to be so many points here. It's just a, a no-brainer under for me. Uh, I like that <laughs> under. Both boys making a good pick. Um, for me, I just, I'm going with uh, my why pick because the Saints-Browns line moved to 31 and a half, and I just took the under because I just love chaos. <laughs> And I'm just going to be watching that game, hoping that nobody scores a damn point. It's going to be chaotic, but give me the under 31 and a half. I don't think I've ever seen a number that low in an NFL game. Since I changed my line for under 51 for the Eagles Cowboys, can I do the over 31 and a half for the Saints Browns? Yeah, I don't care. There's no money. That's on fair. This. Okay. <laughs> Not yet. All right, guys, let's move on to something fun here. This draft that we have planned for you, I was just giddy as can be when Ben suggested this one. It is a great idea. We are doing a Pokemon draft. Now, this is how it's going to work. It's only going to be the original 151. There's no legendaries, no Zapdos, Moltres, Articuno, Mew, or Mewtwo. Just pretend like you're back in the 90s, and it's only the original 151. So if you pick Snorlax, baby Snorlax doesn't count for a first evolution. That brings me to how we're going to do this. We're going to be picking a first evolution, a genuine first that can evolve once once or twice. 
We're going to do a first evolution, a non-evolver, like a ditto, for example. We're going to do a second evolution, could be anything you want. And then we're going to do the third evolution. I think you'll get a good idea from it once we have our picks. I think we all understand it. So I randomized the order. It's starting off with Joe, and then it goes to me and goes to Ben and snakes back around. So without further ado, Joe, kick us off. Who's going to be the one one? All right. Well, I've sunk a whole lot of uh, company time into this draft, <laughs> so I think I'm well prepped and well versed. All right, 101. I'm going. I'm going third stage. Give me an Alakazam. Give me oh. the King of Spoons. I like that pick. <laughs> Easy that 101, one. man. Psychic King, Spoon Boy. Gotta <laughs> gotta be Alakazam number one. When's the last time you guys played Spoons? Oh, it's been a minute, but I do. That was love such spoons. a banger of a game. Yeah, spoons. you ever get your hand just destroyed? <laughs> yeah, I, I got, I got my, I got my hand about smashed by a seven-year-old at Spoons at a Sophie's place a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I used to try and bend spoons with my fingers so I could be like an Alakazam, and I couldn't with do your that. mind I had the strength <laughs> just with my fingers. Look, mom, I'm an Alakazam, and I would just try and push it down. It wouldn't work. <laughs> Yeah, that's Alakazam. a good thing. Easy 101. He was on my list. All right. For me, I'm taking a different route. I'm going to the second evolution. So basically just one evolving level. I bet it's Gyarados. It absolutely is Gyarados. Mm-hmm. There's, mm-hmm. It's a very, very slim group. And so that's kind of my thinking here. Gyarados is a fucking tank. He is massive. He's water. He's flying. You can surf around on that thing. We're not only doing the 150, but in Johto, you get the red Gyarados, too. Oh, yeah. Dude's a beast and a staple of Pokemon. Not to mention, I don't know if you guys ever played the board game, Master Trainer, the board game. He was a murderer in that one. No, oh, I forgot about Master that. Trainer, the board game. Dude, Master Trainer, the board game is the meanest game around. Like, you'll you'll lose friends over that game. I, you play? I faintly remember played. it. Oh, I can't remember exactly. We'll we'll set up a, a digital game. Like we we still run it. Like me and a couple of buddies still run this game, and it is the it is the most like aggro like fuck you kind of game imaginable. It is just constantly stealing each other's Pokemon, trying to win the league. It is it is like it serves no purpose other than just like going on for hours and getting someone to flip the board. That's how most of the games I, end. I faintly remember this game. I'm looking at the pictures and I want to play. <laughs> Let's do it. Right. It's on sale at Walmart for $200. Online. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Paying that Damn. nostalgia price, man. Yeah, I feel like I missed out on that. All yep, right, I'm so taking Gyarados, though. He's a beast. It's good a good pick. You, so it goes to me. Uh, see, this is where it gets kind of fucky because there's like a lot of things that I want. All right, I'm just going to go for it. Um, For the first form non-evolver, give me some Aerodactyl. Mm. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm. He was on there for me, too. I Solid. just last second put somebody over Aerodactyl, though. But, yeah, he's a fucking beast. Flying Fossil? Good yeah, luck with that. I was yeah. talking to my buddy the other day. It's like, that guy's not even like a Pokemon from now. They had to Jurassic Park his ass into existence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
They're like, oh, you found some old amber. Take it to this one guy who is our amber guy and he'll make Pokemon for you. That that is that is straight up like I didn't even realize that until now. They just they just kind of ripped the Jurassic Park plot. They were like, hey, find some <laughs> yeah. find some amber and take it to this scientist. Like, yeah, he's just gonna make some shit out of it. Don't worry. Yep. Yeah, this it, mosquito it, it, just bit an aerodactyl back a hundred million <laughs> years ago, and now here you go, battle with them. It's literally Pokemon or uh, Jurassic Park to a T. And then to uh, on the flip side, coming back around, I'm going with the third evolution. Give me my boy Gengar. Oh, Gotta nice. love the ghost Pokemon. They're tough to hit, and Psychic was just so powerful in Gen 1. So I did want to get Alkazam here, but that was uh, politely stolen by my friend Joseph. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gengar is a fucking beast. One of my favorite episodes from the show was when Ash just gets his body just taken out and he just flies through the air with Ghastly Gengar and Haunter. Oh, the episode where he just fucking dies? Yeah. <laughs> he just dies and then, and then he comes back at the end. They just treated it like it was no big deal. Yeah, that was a good one. Always tough to get to because you had to trade your Haunter in order to get him. Oh, yeah. There was always that time where like you and your buddy would link up after many yep. recesses of not bringing your Game Boys, and you guys would just shoot Pokemon back and forth, get everybody evolving way too soon. It's like, yep. oh, I got a level 17 Gengar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Alakazam was like that too now that I think about it. You got to yeah. trade mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. But but he was so OP. Like, you could even, like, if you didn't even have, if you didn't even have any homies, you could just run through with Kadabra. Just like, you don't fuck, like, it didn't matter. Psychic was just so OP. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm sticking with the second Evo. I'm taking Rhydon. The mature Rhyhorn. He's just a fucking tank, dude. Absolute beast. And the only reason that I took these second gens first is because there's such a fall off. Like there's not too many good second Evo guys. And I love Rhydon. He's always just been a beast. And I think he can surf too, actually. That's versatility. Mm-hmm. Rock Pokemon with surf. I always thought that was weird that like him and Nito King could just fucking surf. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you just uh-huh. swimming really hard, guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a solid pick. That's he's he's top tier for sure. That's super sick drill on his head. Oh yeah. Give him a oh, horn drill. I always thought Rhyhorn was kind of a bitch though. No, he, how? Rhyhorn, not Rhydon. Oh, Rhyhorn, he was, yeah. He was just a tank, man. I was ready to I, go to war if you said Rhydon was a little bit. No, no, Rhydon's a great pick. Talking about, yeah. I, I, I almost, I almost land more on Team Rhyhorn than Rhydon, man. He just looks so dumb. How? What was that one tank. hit? What was the one hit KO that sure. uh, Rhydon had? No, Fisher. Horn drill. No, there was another one over Fisher. It, well, Horn it's drill. not Fisher. It's Fissure. Horn drill was the one. It was one of them. Yeah, it is the one hit. That's right. Yeah, it was horn drill. So hard to hit, but when it did, they were fucking done. Like, I didn't even realize this until, like, recently when I was uh, playing with a buddy and when he's just like, yeah, like, you can just use, like, that, like, accuracy-like item, and it's just like, oh, all your horn drills are just instant hits. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like it makes it more accurate. It was just like, oh, yeah, it's just an automatic hit. Nah, horn, man, I like, was... I never went with the stats. I just had all physical attacks. Didn't even understand like special attack and attack when I was a kid. I just had all shit that does damage. Oh, oh well, yeah. If it you had like, anything uh, but damage attacks, you were a bitch back in the day. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I love all the memes where it was like your Pokemon is trying to work, move, learn something that doesn't physically harm the other player. 
forget. <laughs> see, see, I've grown in my old age. You know, a younger me would have called Ben a bitch for his, his butterfree sleep powder tactic. Yeah. But you know, I'm growing. Life's <laughs> not evolving. What do I want to learn? Hyper beam or screech? It's a real big toss up here. <laughs> rest. Yep, give, give me, me rest. Right on. Yeah. Right on. Right All right, Joe, back pick. to you. You got two in a row. Yeah, this this is tough. I got to figure out how I'm going to play this. Um, this is a shallow pool, so I think I got to go to the single stagers. I got to take Tauros, man. Tauros. <laughs> Toros is just a stud. He's just he's just solid. Like that and that and he was dope too cuz like back in the like when they had the safari zone and you could catch like a Toros like like everyone had, you know, like Alkazams and shit but it was like dude, like you caught a Toros like that 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 thing that thing had some clout. So Toros <laughs> Toros single stage and then you know what? Like I may oh man, I may regret this pick, but you know what? Like Fuck you, Ben. I'm going to pick the superior version of Haunter. the line. Give me Haunter. Haunter <laughs> is the second stage over Gengar all day. Like, do with a floating hit. Like, Haunter, I was always, like, kind of pissed to have to, like, evolve, like, Haunter into, like, Gengar. Haunter is, like, Haunter was the G. So give me Haunter. Well, you Haunter don't have was... to evolve him. <laughs> Just don't trade him. Yeah. <laughs> I did think Haunter was way cooler looking, but I always had to go to the third stage with all my guys, you know. And Haunter Gengar is, is still sick. a beast, but Haunter is Haunter's like the cool middle brother. <laughs> <laughs> he just had the devilish smile. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the one who beat Sabrina for Ash in the show. Yeah, I love how Ash is like, yo, I don't I don't want to catch you. I just need to borrow you for like 20, yeah. <laughs> 30 minutes, and then I'll send you on your way. <laughs> Haunter was a consultant, man, a gym consultant. Just hey, like I'll lend you my time for a week. Yeah, just a <laughs> get temp, you through a temp employee. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right back to me my strategy i am sticking with it and i am going to tap in to the first evolution that evolves i'm going with the most famous pokemon arguably of all time it's pikachu mm. enough said there i just think i just looked at the list and it's just like a bunch of pussy ass pokemon and then you look at pikachu just think about him shocking with a He's cute, mm-hmm. he's cuddly, he's powerful, he's been there since day one. Pikachu stands the test of time, an easy pick for me. I thought about taking him 1-1. One, one. The most famous Pokemon? Yeah, yeah he's I mean, definitely him. the most famous Pokemon. But I think that uh, I'm going to go ahead and take my first form as well, which people just think is way cooler, and that's the boy Squirtle, man. Him and the Squirtle yeah. squad and the sunglasses. I'm yeah. taking him. <laughs> I, didn't, I forgot about that. The, the Squirtle, Squirtle squad, squad was one of the best episodes, man. Yeah. I do so, like Squirtle. He was right. He ended up catching Pikachu. the leader with the cooler sunglasses, and that's the Squirtle that he has. Yep. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. He had the he had the pit vipers, man. Everyone else, everyone else had these like goofy little like ladybug shades, and he had he had the fucking pit vipers on. Oh, yeah. And yeah. This this one's hard because there's a way I want to go, but I'm just gonna stick with. Damn it! It's between two things. Go ahead, give me Dragonite. Ah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. He's just a fucking tank. What are you going to do when you have a, a Dragonite glaring at you on the other side? I just remember that one episode. It was like very early on where I think it was like Bill or something. He's like been mm. waiting to see this yeah. guy for like years. Yeah, and then the Dragonite lighthouse. shows up and then Team Rocket fucks it up and he just leaves. It felt so bad yeah. for Bill. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> fucking with Bill. Yeah. I and I remember too, like like running through that game and not like and not having any knowledge of what the fuck like a dragon type. It was like I was throwing everything at this thing and I was like, does he it, does everything just suck against him? It was like well, like like the chars are like everything was just getting walled by that dude. He was he was a monster. Yeah. Yeah. Lance's ass had his dragon eye. It was so tough on the uh the final four or whatever. Yeah, it was like or, wait, yeah. Elite Four? Yeah, mm-hmm. the Elite Four. Yeah. Yeah. Little did you know, all you need is a fucking cloister, the vagina Pokemon, to hit him with one ice beam and he's toast. Yeah. <laughs> Easy. Easy on the cloister hate. Right? Oh, yeah, I bet Joe's going to take cloister. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a cloister. He's a beast. I like Just called him a vag. <laughs> well, he, he looks is... like a vagina. <laughs> Look at him, dude. There's only a clip that coming out of his That is a vagina Pokemon. Just because he looks like a vag doesn't mean you have to call him a vag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back oh, to yeah. me. Let me see here. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to take my first Evo nine, non-Evolver, one of my favorite Pokemon of all time. It is a I Scyther. <laughs> Scyther is the coolest bug that you can get. I used to He's try for so long to get a Scyther big-ass sword hands. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's even cooler than a Scizor. He's just a tank. I also, whenever I made my Pokemon lineup, I would prioritize size and weight. And if you throw a Scyther in there, I mean, he could learn bug moves, normal moves. And then he also had like wing attack, I think, too. He just looks super cool. Um, and another thing we skipped over on Dragonite. Remember, didn't you have to get Dratini from like the the game you had to gamble your way to get a Dratini. Circle circling back to how sick my pick was. No, no, no. I'm talking about like the gambling in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know what you're talking about. Hit some slots. Yeah. That, I think Porygon was like nine 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 nine. Yeah. Like that's who wants true. a fucking Porygon? That's I remember true, I would just do the missing no glitch and just sell a bunch of nuggets and then just buy the coins. I'm like, I'm never gonna get there gambling. <laughs> yep. That that is that is true. I hadn't I I'd almost forgotten about that, but now that you mention it, there was like one D Gen kid at my school that was already just sinking every day, just like, what do you do? Like, I'm at the game corner, man. Like I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm grinding up. I gotta get this retainy. <laughs> just running slots all day. I just remember that missing number thing, just cruising down the coast of Cinnabar Island, just trying yeah, just to find down, one of those down things. So you saw him. And if <laughs> you caught him, it fucked your game up. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for trying to distract from my Scyther pick, but it was a great yeah, pick. that was my that favorite. Was That's pick. the one. That was the one that I put over uh, Aerodactyl, actually. I, I tell you what, like number two bug, though. I don't know. I'm a pincer fella myself. No way, dude. Scyther would split pincer in half. Dude, uh, the guy was just a walking vasectomy, just a walking guillotine. <laughs> just like the guy was a monster. You want to know who else was dope? Not in Kanto, but Heracross was sick. I always oh, loved yeah. Heracross. Do you remember in Gold and Silver when you got to that one tree? It was like a subtle widow that you had to yeah. like pepper spray him <laughs> to wake him up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You didn't, you didn't have to mace him. Yeah, I can't, what did you have to do to no, get him up? You had, you had, to, you had to spray something on him. It got him shaking. You, you, used, you used a water squirt bottle on him. You didn't mace <laughs> him. He, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a pedo in a park. Like... <laughs> 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 
I can't believe you, your pepper spray child brain read that. It's just like, oh yeah, like like he's not moving. Just like, oh, just go Mace's ass. Like that'll get him moving. Uh, that's that's Scyther's good though. Um, all right, yeah, I gotta continue to overshadow Scyther. Yeah, all right, I got back to back here. Okay, what do I need? I need a third. I need a uh, I need a first, and uh, and I need another a second, second. Right? Okay. Yep. All right. I think I think I'm gonna go pretty off the board with my second, so I'll leave that one. Uh, let me Coister. see. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna go in on. Uh, I'm not gonna go in on the bed. But give me. Let me see. All right, this is a you know this is a basic bitch pick, but I mean it's a basic bitch pick because it's a good pick. Uh, give me Charizard as a third stage. That's know. you know that's who I was between Dragonite or Charizard. It's a good pick. I mean, I mean the 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 cards are going for fucking you know price of a house for a reason. The guys a G's. The guys a G. <laughs> so give me uh give me Charizard, and then uh, first stage. Jeez, let me see. You know what? This one's going kind of off the board, but but uh, give me something for the emo chicks. Give me a uh, give me Cubone. Give me the sad <laughs> boy. Like I thought we're... you were gonna say Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> the emo no. chicks. <laughs> Why me... do the emo chicks like Cubo? <laughs> you know we're we're going back to the '90s. Sad boy culture was huge. You know everyone was into Kurt Cobain. The guy's got a dead mom. Like yeah. Cubone, literally wearing Cubo... his dead mom's skull. Yeah, like how much how Cubo... much more emo do you want, Corbin? <laughs> <laughs> Cubone's got that '90s sad boy aesthetic like yeah i think cubone's the pick give me cubone yeah i think they said that he can't evolve to a marowak until he gets over his dead mom that's <laughs> when they said they evolved damn he's gotta he's gotta go through therapy he's gotta you know he's gotta and then they he's said gotta make he, peace he's crying all the time about his mom <laughs> that's yeah. dude i'm telling you man the the emo chick pick give me cubone I wanted to talk yeah. about your Charizard pick too, actually, because when I was in kindergarten, that's when we were at the peak of Pokemon. And my younger brother came into my class at the end of school one day. He's like, Corbin, Corbin, look, I have a holographic Charizard. He shows me it right out of the package. I was so fucking proud of it. I have him put it in my desk. I go somewhere. I come back and the Charizard is fucking gone. And I'm like, what the hell? Where did this Charizard go? Tell my mom. And I can't remember how we figured this out, but we knew it was this one kid fucking Nathan steals it. My mom goes, unzips his backpack, dumps the whole thing out in the class. And there's the fucking Charizard card. That scumbag piece of shit tried to take the fucking Charizard holographic. Fuck you, Nathan. Did, did, did Nathan have any shame? Was he, or was he like, oops, whatever. Fuck you. Just a punk ass little bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan, you know who you are. You're lucky I don't expose your last name. Shit, dude. You should take them for money these days. You know, that's a fucking $20,000 piece of cardboard, man. I don't even know where it is anymore. Sad to say. Mm. But yeah, I have to, I mean, Charizard's Charizard's the OG, man. I had to go with it. All right. Back to me. Mm -hmm. I guess I got to tap into these third Evos. I saved it for last because there's so many good ones. And I'm also going to take a starter. It's not Venusaur. It is Blastoise. He is my Mm -hmm. favorite starter. I picked him every single time. That Hydra Pump. I mean, he is just a fucking militant turtle with two bazooka (laughs) cannons on his back. 
he's a fucking tank. And my cousin was always Charizard. And whenever we would battle, I would just whoop the fuck out of him with my Blastoise. So much so, he started a new game just to get a Venusaur to try and beat me. And he was the kind of guy who would use the poison powder, too. Oh, yep. I love the. I mean, I hated when your screen would flicker when you're like out of the battle and your homie's still poisoned. It's like every four yeah. steps he takes a, a, a damage point. I'm like, this I'm sucks. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry, man. I would always stay strapped with like a hundred antidotes just for the sheer yeah. irritation. <laughs> and then there wasn't yeah, the one gym leader that was the bug lady where every single one of her Pokemon had that shit. No, oh, the, I don't think the, there's a bug the, one. She had a Violet Plume. The grass one. Yeah, yeah the Violet Plume is her Erica and Celadon yeah, City. She had, she had that Tangela too. It had like wrap on it. Yep. Venomoth. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, wait, that, that was uh uh the Fuchsia gym. Koga. Yeah, Koga. That's right. Mm. But yep, yeah, give me Blastoise. No, that, that's just a that's just a rock solid pick. So another thing about Blastoise, it's a great pick. But my buddies in college did a Pokemon party where you did a random drawing for like what Pokemon you were going to be. And he got Blastoise, which was kind of sick. And you got to dress up like that Pokemon. But I thought it was so funny that this one girl just got muck. (laughs) I have muck as my honorable mention in parentheses. I said if Ben was a Pokemon. (laughs) You bitch. (laughs) Just a puddle of muck. Just (laughs) an asshole. I love it. Just a toxic glob. Yep. <laughs> pretty descriptive. Yeah. Um uh to round out, I got two in a row. I got two, two second evil evolutions. First one, I'm gonna go with uh Arcanine. Uh yeah. absolute beast of a dog. All you had to do is throw a firestone on him. He can evolve super quickly at high attack. Let me uh, pet that dog. Let me pet that dog. <laughs> Fire a dog. Um, it was kind of between him and nine tails, but I was always uh a red pokemon red guy so yep. i had growlith same and so i always had arcana instead of nine tails yeah um, growlith then, is sick in itself oh yeah growlith's mm-hmm. cool um and then for my other second round pick it's gonna be jolteon um mm-hmm. my one buddy i texted him my list and i had jolteon on. he's like i remember you when you were six you were you were always on fucking jolteon's dick <laughs> 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 i've been liking jolteon for a while and he was like the first kid i played pokemon with and everything he's like you never would shut up about jolteon you're on that shit for 20 years <laughs> just a spiky cat and you don't have a whole lot of electric options like you could get like an arcanine over a flareon and there's plenty of water options over like a vaporeon which is easily the worst out of all of them mm-hmm. there's a toss-up between jolteon and flareon for me i like it no i went jolteon is like one of the fastest characters in the game it went Jolteon, Vaporeon, Flareon for me. Flareon just looked dumb yeah. compared to the other ones. There, there were just better fires, man. And plus, yeah. you know, I was I was a Charizard bitch, so I was never really touching the fire anyway. All right, back to me for my final pick. I got to go with my list. I'm taking Machamp, the four-arm yeah. tank. And I have an awesome story about Machamp, too. So it's kind of <laughs> similar to the Charizard story, so... At one point in my kitchen when I was a kid, I found like in our like like where we kept our bowls in the cupboard, a Machamp holographic card. And I was like, holy fucking shit, this is incredible. And my mom is just saving it. Apparently, she was waiting to give it to me on my birthday or something. And so I set it up on top of the cupboard 
And every day I would just like go and jump up on the counter and I would just go and look at it and take it down <laughs> and just like admire it for it's a good like couple a, minutes. And I would like put a nudie mag. <laughs> yep. I would just go and put it back. And then one day I get there and there's like water on the top of the cupboard and it just fucked the whole card up and I ruined Fuck. it. It was terrible. I did uh, had a Pokemon card I did that with, but there were some uh, wrestling action figures that I got for my birthday, and I had that same sort of like I wasn't allowed to have it, but just holding it and staring at it like this is the best thing ever. So I know that pain. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's brutal. My champ, the one that got away, but he's just a fucking badass. The coolest he's... fighting Pokemon. I had some other fighters on there too, but yeah, Machamp mm-hmm. was just a fucking beast. And sometimes when I was a kid, I would like scratch my forearms with like three fingers just so I could look like Machamp. <laughs> <laughs> or no, it was Machoke that had the scratches. I'd scratch him so I would look tough. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, Machamp's a good aspect. He's just one of the coolest he was on my board. guys when I was little. <laughs> it's like, he was on like my the board, guy with yeah. four arms. <laughs> Oh, All, right, All right, is this me? Me bringing yep. up the rear? Finish All us right. off. All right, this one's a pick just for me because I know and I get ripped on for this pick, but this is this is my number one poke of all time. Most slept on, most underrated Pokemon, bar none. Give me Sandslash to bring up the rear. <laughs> <laughs> Sandslash is the greatest fucking Pokemon ever made. The dude... Like Sand Shrew, Sand Slash, the whole fucking line. They had the they had the episode where they had the swimming one. So like head cannon is like the dude is got no weaknesses. Fucking guy can go swimming. Who gives a <laughs> shit? You got like he's a fucking spiky ball that rolls up. Got the big fucking big fucking claws on him. Like dude could hit hit you with an earthquake. Hit you with a rock slide. Slap like guy was just a fucking g and he was always he was always tanky like sand slash bar none best pokemon ever bringing up the rear ultimate value pick sand slash bringing up the end of the draft yep i I, didn't uh, even have sand slash on my list but i agree he's just a spiked armadillo just a tank with some big ass claws i he's so fucking slept on they make him he's not that sick in the game i gotta admit but i mean fuck he was so sweet he's cool Um, looking mm -hmm. and then he was one of those guys that knew sand attack did you ever try the strategy of just like you knew you were going up against someone that was way better than you so you just sand attacked him for like the first Uh sand attack the fuck out of him then they have no accuracy and they would just miss like five times in a row, and then they just get that one hit and blow you away. But the miss, the, the rush of the ever. miss was the best. He, <laughs> I, I had him in like in the net, like in uh, gold and silver, and like silver when like when rollout was a thing, and there was like there was no there was no bigger fucking like Vince McMahon strut feeling than fucking just tap and roll out and just watch and just like fucking wipe just wipe wipe just getting that thing going wasn't after roll out, after wasn't roll out the attack where every time you did it in succession that it got better mm-hmm. and you just wipe shit with it that's like it was like uh, like using the weaponizing uh that whitney gym against the rest of the world like fuck yeah that sand slash was the dude man so let's get to some uh, honorable mentions here. Ben, why don't you kick it off? You got any good ones? Yeah, I got my whole list here. Uh, for first form, I always like Charmander. He's normally who I picked. I was a mm-hmm. uh, fire bitch like Joe. Uh, Ghastly, just because he's Ghost. Uh, Pikachu, obviously. And then one of my buddies, I thought this was interesting. I didn't think it was a good pick, but he said Clefairy. I was like, eh, 
No. Mm. I don't know about that. That's and then for Clefairy guy. <laughs> for second form, uh, Nine Tails, Cloyster, Executor, uh, Doug Trio. And then uh, one that was like kind of fooling me as I look back, Starmie was a damn good character. Yeah, in the it was. Because he mm-hmm. could learn, he could learn uh, Blizzard, Thunder, and Thunderbolt, and Psychic. So he was just like a total package. Damn. And I just. <laughs> I just remember when Star You or Starmie would show up, like their Pokemon like intro, because they didn't have a mouth, they would just go, oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those are dope. Yeah, those are and good picks. To round it out, I just had Polyrath for a third form. I just always thought Polyrath is a good one. Cool. What about you, Joe? Uh we hit on most of the ones I had. I mean, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm a Sand Shrew simp, so Sand Shrew, give me him. Uh yeah, we already we had squirtle on there ekans is kind of slept on eh, i like that. Him. he's he's a basic bitch but like you know i mean i i didn't draft him because yeah i knew i was gonna get that and i was gonna get eviscerated but you know snake boy was all right uh we talked about pincer kangaskhan kangaskhan, yeah, kangaskhan i had kangaskhan 101 for my non-evolver but i had to move side through ahead um, yeah, that's dope. a good pivot. Do you remember the episode where that like small boy went to live with the Kangaskhans <laughs> and he was like, Kangaskhan, Kangaskhan, And and I think the resolution of that episode too wasn't like, oh, like you know, he's coping with being a person and he moved on. It was like his parents are like, well, f- I guess we're just gonna live in the jungle and we'll be. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah, they they let him stay with now. the Kangaskhan, right? But the parents just came along. Yep. Yeah, they they, they, like, they got their in clothes. like. Yeah, their loincloths. (laughs) Yeah, we're not helping him deal with his issues of being a human. We're just more, we're just gonna sort of feed into his trauma. So (laughs) yeah, that was a good, that was a good, that was a good episode. Uh second stages, um, primape. Primape sweet. Primape's good. And then uh Omastar, man. Omastar and Kabutops. Kabutops was was on there. Fuck uh-huh. Omastar. Kabutops Omastar is way was better. Whack. Yeah, Kabutops is not... way better. Kabuto looked, Kabuto looked like a little little drug dealer in a hood, and Kabutops <laughs> was just the man. Yeah, I always man. went Kabutops, and I had got to take my fucking artifacts back to the amber guy. I I will say in the old playthroughs, I was a big Kabutops guy, but like like I don't know if you guys followed like Twitch plays Pokemon when that was raging. Nope. But oh fuck, man! <laughs> that was a watch, man. That was like that was literally like they Twitch streamed, they live Twitch streamed like a game, like a version of like Pokemon Red, and everybody that was watching would input the commands of like what to do. So people were just in the chat like typing like A up, like, and that was like what the like game was doing, and it was like going on for like four or five days. People trying to beat this game and getting like pissed the fuck off at each other, like. <laughs> stop like pressing like down like we need to go like oh. <laughs> and, that's awesome and and Omastar played a big role in that one so that, that was that's where the soft spot came for me i was kind of fading him until then too but i was like yeah he's pretty dope and then uh third stage uh golem didn't get any love golem no. was, golem was sweet. i like golem i liked him he was dope he's another mm-hmm. traitor another traitor well, for my list here, Evie, I thought was that would have been my second pick if Pikachu got taken. Um, like, I like also had like, to go cute on the first form, though. Like you had yeah. to go cute. 
Exactly. Or, or fucking emo. <laughs> Pikachu is just a tank. I didn't even think about Cubo, <laughs> but that's a good one. I also liked uh, Psyduck, Slowpoke, Mankey. And then Diglett has a soft spot in my heart, too. Diglett, dig, Diglett, dig, trio, trio, yeah. trio. Wasn't Diglett <laughs> only eight inches tall? I don't know, dude. He's yeah. just like a little ground He's mole. so tiny, though. Um, For my non-evolvers, Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan. Oh, yeah. I just mm-hmm. realized that they named him after Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, too. Like, Yeah, I years didn't notice ago. that until I was doing this research. That's yeah. wow. Yep. Onyx was a beast. Lickitung and one of my other favorites, Electabuzz. Electabuzz. Just because he's got a big-ass tongue. And then in the Pokemon Stadium game when you had the sushi and he would just lick up all the sushi. Uh, okay. Lickitung. Okay. That was sick. Oh, another one we haven't talked about. Dugong I liked. That was a personal favorite. And Executor. I, yeah, he's I said executor. He was leaf and psychic. Yep, it was wild. And then third Evo, we pretty much covered everything. You mentioned Nido King. That was sick. Yeah. And then my yeah. flying Pokemon of choice was always Pidgeot. Well, that was like everybody's because nobody had a fucking Pharaoh. Yeah, who would want a Pharaoh <laughs> anyways? They're just ugly, big-ass, long-necked, skinny-necked bitches. Do you know I'm, what? I'm really... I'm really glad that we waited until the honorable mentions to get all the hate out because I would have had those are some pretty hard opinions that I would have really fought you guys on. But I'm glad we found more peace in the draft. You know what the show you like really? Firo? Yeah, Firo. Why? What do you no. mean? Why? He was just like he was just a better Pidgeot. No, he was not. No, Pidgeot is not. way better than Firo. Oh man, like nobody I, liked Firo. Um, what did. are some of the Pokemon you hate? Magic card. Nobody likes magic card. I mean, I mean, you kind of, you kind of were hitting my list there. You were going like lick a tongue and like dugong. I was like, who the fuck likes a dugong? Dude, dugongs are sick. <laughs> Hated tentacle. Tentacle was sweet. Zubat no, was trash. And then, mm-hmm. oh, fucking Weedle, that anal beads fuck. I hated him. I mean, everybody was a butterfree guy over Beedrill, except I maybe like you, Beedrill. Joe. I do like Beedrill. I will say I like Beedrill. Over, uh, no, I was always butterfree. He's way more powerful. I also liked uh, uh, a bunch of powder Bellsprout. queens. I like Bell Sprout too because he turned into Victory Bell. <laughs> yeah, Victory Bell was slept on. Dodo, stupid. Well, yeah, those are kind of the, the ones that I hate the most, but I, all of them are they, so good. I love the first gen, it's the best. Nothing will be the same. Gold and yeah. Silver had a strong showing, and I was talking to it Corbin. Did. Um, after or I was talking about the video games, and I was like, "Yeah, I haven't played the past couple video games ever since they had me collecting ash outside this active volcano, and then I entered my Makahita into a beauty pageant." I was like, "I can't, I can't keep playing this game. I'm like needing <laughs> certain stuff to look prettier in this beauty pageant." That's that's uh that's like what uh, another yeah friend of mine said. He's like, uh, he's like, yeah, like I'm learning all these like new Pokemon, like uh, like uh, what's this uh. Yeah, like a Trico. I'm like, dude, that guy's like 20 years old. Like, what? <laughs> I just remember when they started adding household objects as Pokemon. I was like, all right, what's yeah. what's going on? <laughs> well, let's wrap it up for the draft, guys. Again, I'm going to be posting this up on the Instagram story. So please remember to vote. We got to decide on a winner. I think that we're all pretty satisfied with our draft. So it's going to be an interesting one. Belly, let's move it on to you. Let's dive in deep and get in the guts for the bowels of the belly this week. Speaking of my good friend, Joseph, who is a guest hero, I think I just like to tell the story of how we met. Um, So we used to work at a bar called PTO Malley's at Michigan State. 
there was a lot of a lot of drunk folks in that town. So we had this one stairway behind the bar where like only employees would go down. If like you go down there, then you get kicked out. I must have drank on a Wednesday, which was my thing in college. I was like the only night off in the bar. Just come in cranky as hell for a nice burger bash shift. And I see this gentleman on the stairs and I immediately just start yelling at him. Don't even give him like a hello. Any like a customer service. How you doing? Just get the fuck out. You're kicked out. And he's like, bro, I work here. I'm like, no, you don't. I know everybody that works here. You got to get the hell out. And I'm trying to like shoo him up the stairs. And then like he like looked at me and I could see in his eyes like maybe he is telling the truth. And I was like, wait, hold on. So I go to ask like Kevin or something. I'm like, Kevin, does this guy work here? He's like, oh yeah, he starts today. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the the entire time with an outstretched hand trying to shake it and just like, no, like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> just wasn't having it. Um, I I didn't hear any news. I didn't hear any news that we were getting a new person. So I apologize, but it was not off to a hot start. Um <laughs> Now I'm just thinking about other stories about like that time my buddy punched you in the face. <laughs> ben Ben tried to tell me for the longest time after after one game day when some of his friends got let in the bar and one of them like swung on me and punched me in the face. He was like, he's like, yeah, sorry about that. Like, you know. That's my buddy. Like, he's really a good guy. I'm like, he's really not. He really punched me in the face. <laughs> like, I probably, he's like, no, no, no. Like, he's a good dude. And I was like, I was like, I I met him. Like, I pro like my experience was not positive. And then, he, <laughs> and uh, comes back later. At like, yeah, what is it? A year or two later, just like, yeah. It turns out I didn't like that guy. I'm like, yeah, I could have told you that. <laughs> but anyway, to add on to the uh, story about um. Joe's first day. So I worked like the early shift or summer. This might've been another night. I don't remember exactly it tying together, but like I had gotten off work or I'd gotten cut or something. And there was this girl that was like in the bar partying and drinking. So she was a little tuned up. And so like, we went to go walk to Rick's and <laughs> I, I was just pumped to get off work. I probably slammed two drinks really quick. I was pumped to get off. And so we opened the door to Rick's and she just misses the first step. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just thought there was one extra and she is like going end over end like her ankles are doing a full like half circle and then she's restarting and i like I, i'm just looking at the stairs like and i like made sure she was okay and i think her friend was with her and she's like i got her and i'm like okay good and i come back to the bar and i'm just like in awe stunned kind of laughing because it was i didn't know what just happened <laughs> Just flipping end the, over end like a oh, and I I like walked back with my jaw down. I was like, holy shit! Yeah. I and to 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 put this like to frame this this time. This is maybe like a forty five second to minute and a half turnaround between when I see Ben leave the bar with this woman and then come back alone within a minute minute and a half like knee slapping laughing uh, <laughs> i'm like what happened what happened to her he tells me and i'm like well where is she and he's like i don't know she's probably at the bottom of the stairs i don't know like, <laughs> i don't think she got up <laughs> i'm not going back there you know I'm no, probably, i made sure she was okay but <laughs> she was breathing she wasn't moving but i just got the fuck out of there listen someone else was with her i was i was not stunned. your problem <laughs> So I had, I had known her for 45 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and that's that's all you ever knew her for. Yeah, well, wasn't. Long <laughs> I don't think she to came back to PTs. <laughs> I don't blame her. You didn't show her the best customer service. That's for sure. It was it was a it was it was a really good just crash course getting to know Ben. I you know within within an hour I was like all right I I've gotten the full I I I'm aware of who Ben is now. Yeah yeah yeah. One of my not my first time that I met Ben, but this is a good story when we first became friends. So we would just go into PTs. He would comp our drinks. We would get fucked up, have a good time. I get a Facebook friend request from Ben. And it says Ben Scott, you know, I don't know his fucking last name at this point. And so I, I see Ben Scott. I'm like, oh, it must be his last name. That's a fucking last name. And so I'm on a bar crawl and PTs is like the fourth one out of five. And I had just gotten kicked out of Dublin because I had a Golden Tate jersey on. It was a white one. And my friend like splashed beer on it. And so I just like pushed him and he just toppled over on a high top. And <laughs> this bouncer comes out and he's like, you're too fucked up. You got to go to my friend. So I go to the bouncer and like, listen, man, like he's my friend. Like I pushed him over. It's not his fault. And he's like, oh, you did. Well, you're kicked out too. So we're both like, okay, well, we're going to this new bar anyways. We're going to PTs. We get in line. I get up there and there's a bouncer and I didn't know him at the time, but we get up there and he's like, you're too fucked up. You can't come in. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm fine. And he's just like, you're too drunk. You're not allowed in. I'm like, dude, like, I know Ben. I'm his friend. Like, come on, just let me in. He's like, oh yeah, what's his last name? And I'm like, Scott. He's like, his last name's Hunter, you dumbass. I'm his roommate. Get the fuck out of here. You're not it was Alex. In. Yeah, <laughs> and so I was like, "What the fuck just happened, man? Like, this is him right here, Ben Scott." Bamboozle a lot of people with that. Very simple trick. All right, Ben, let's get into it. What do you got for me this week? All right, how bad do you want it for a Lions Super Bowl? Um, I asked for some suggestions, but those are ones I'm keeping in my pocket for towards the end of the season for some late night swag. Um, but this one comes all the way from Tyler May. And it says, <laughs> would you let an actual lion bang you in the butt? And it has to go on TV one time in Times Square for 60 seconds. Yeah, good one, Tyler. Real nice. <laughs> it get says raped. get fucked by it says get fucked by a lion for a lion's win. <laughs> and you just had the Times Square part. <laughs> no, that was oh. in the first Bob. Well, there goes my chance to visit the Big Apple. Fuck. No, I, no, I'm not going to get raped by the king of the jungle. Dude, just think about its claws digging into your back, too. No, Fuck. no, we'll, we'll set up like a like a, a glory hole Dude. protection barrier or something. A glory hole. Great. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for throwing me that bone there. <laughs> glory hole is worse, um, but uh, <laughs> to get glory hole banged by a line, I think would almost be worse, but <laughs> it's just a stranger on the other end you don't know <laughs> but yeah give me the loss i'm not going to get banged by a lion to win the super bowl i'll roll the dice and hope they just do it on their own <laughs> um yeah i'll come up with a better one next week but it's just this one snuck up on me yeah thanks for that one tyler real nice i'm sure you wanted to see that loss for those keeping track at home, I'm seven and nine now, and I'll be bouncing back. I got a feeling. All right, but that's going to do it, guys. Again, thanks so much for listening. If you're a new listener, please follow, subscribe, like, and download on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and any other platform that you might listen to us on. 
Don't forget to leave us a review. Give us five stars. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at LightCorbyashi. We also have the Belly and the Fish Instagram and Twitter accounts going. You're going to need that to vote on our Pokemon draft. Feel free to DM me or text me any ideas for some segments that you'd like to hear and continue to spread the good word. Please tell your family, friends, coworkers, and anyone and everyone that you can think about. We appreciate the love and support, guys. Yeah, big thanks for the listen. Uh, big thank you to Joe for coming out and uh, sharing this episode with us. It was fun, man. The Pokemon was really good, and I thought you had some great takes on the Lions football. So thank you very much. Thank you, guys. It was a blast. Really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Joe. And with that said, oh, wow.